Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for a brand new episode of The Witching Hour. Hi, Haley. Hi, Perry. What's up? How you doing? Good. My mic was like in the other room. It's okay. Uh, yeah. How's it going? How's yeah? How's this week treating you? Um, interesting. Yeah, interesting like, I is the word. I don't even know how to answer that question anymore. This is crazy. I know. This is crazy stuff going on in the world. I know. We might be bringing you a remote witching hour soon or something. I don't know. I couldn't. T- so. I listen to Howard Stern now every single morning, and he is a germaphobe in general. <laughs> so he's always been, like, super crazy about the coronavirus. But I, I tuned in this morning, and I'm pretty sure it was a repeat, and I think he's supposed to be live. Interesting. Is he supposed to be live on Wednesdays? I don't know. Because I, I listen on Sirius when most of it's on demand. But, like, I feel like the second they start recording from home, that's when the panic will really set in for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for now, we're here. Yes. We're Excited to be here always. Are you stocked up on toilet paper? Uh, for now. Okay. It's like, I don't know, that whole scene, I wish people would stop posting pictures of the empty shelves on Twitter because I feel like if I go to a store that's almost sold out, I'll go to the store next door and it's okay right now. You think? Not that people shouldn't be uh, prepared, but I just think it's like a lot of panic is coming from that. And yes. in my experience, I've seen a lot of low shelves, but then I'll go somewhere else and you're okay. All right. I'm going to hold you to that because do you know what my top priority errand is right after we finish this recording? What? Toilet paper? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Solid I, guess. <laughs> like I, I did my usual grocery store run, supermarket yeah. run last week. And, you know, I just like I didn't I didn't hoard anything. I just got my normal yeah. amount. So now Good. it's time to replenish. But now there's nothing left. <laughs> Yeah, I would say, like, it seems to me that people are having a really tough time at, like, Target and Costco mm-hmm. and places like that. Like Try bulk, the dollar store. Bulk quantities. Yeah. Speaking of supermarkets, do you know what I just submitted for? Yeah. To be a contestant on Supermarket Sweep? Did you really? I freaking love that That's show. What, Isn't it so weird? Because so I don't cook. 
Um, like, I don't cook, so why would I be good at that show? But I really do think I could win it. Isn't it a different... Is it cooking? No, no, no. It's not cooking, but like... You shopping, think, right? No, it's shopping, but yeah. you would think that someone with more knowledge <laughs> than someone else of, you know, certain ingredients sure, sure. And, and products might... It's like, if I used my shopping list to play that show, I would just be running in circles, picking up <laughs> cold brew, milk, peanuts, and Tostitos. All right. That's not going to help me win the show, no. but I know the products that will. Well, that's good. Yeah. I didn't even know that was still on. I used to love that. It's coming back with Leslie Jones. Okay, cool. I am so excited. That's fun. I hope you get on. <laughs> Thank you. But so one of the questions on the application was, what would your team name be? Oh. So it's like a food-related jokey name. A pun. Yeah. I'm loving puns. Thad said I should find another player with a first name that begins with a P, and we should be two Ps in a pod. But what if I can't <laughs> find another P player? Uh, I don't know a lot of P's. And maybe, I don't, maybe open that up to people with a last name that starts with P. Yeah, really. Or if <laughs> and you call them by their last name. You've got a, a, a good food-related team name yes. for me. Hit me up. Sound off. Let me know. Let me know. If you could be on one game show, oh, what would you pick and why? One game show? Yes. Ooh, I don't watch a lot of them. I don't even know what's still on the air. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think. Like, what would I be? I, I've always enjoyed that, but this. I don't want to steal your answer. <laughs> I've thought about it too much. I'm going to Google game shows. I, because, like, I know that I'm, I'm like, so, so at uh, Wheel of Fortune, so that probably wouldn't be a great I need to be a, I will crush everybody <laughs> in Wheel of Fortune. Really? No, I'm, I'm like, stupid good at unscrambling word like whenever there's a jumble in a puzzle yeah but i'm i'm also (laughs) don't get me started (laughs) i need to go get the book um but i'm very good at unscrambling like jumble puzzles Uh but i'm also really good at crypto quotes and you know like hangman type games i i find that my problem there is a lot of times it's things i don't know like if it's a sports name Mm -hmm. done over never happening okay because um, I'm pretty good when I do know the word. I tend to see it pretty quickly. But it's those names that I've never heard yeah, that yeah. just end me. That's understandable. Um, and I would not succeed on Jeopardy, that's for sure. No, I'd be terrible I, at Jeopardy. Not for me. I know, like, one thing very well, and that's horror movies. <laughs> um, yeah, gosh, I don't – what's even still on the air? I, I guess none of it's, them is the answer. I'm not a good game things player. It's like uh, – I like Ellen's game. Why are we talking about this? I like Ellen's show, Game of Game of Games. Game of Games. That's where she like it's, torments people, right? A little bit, yeah. but sometimes it's actual like trivia type questions, okay. and they do this. La- I don't know it well enough to know what all the games are called. But the final round to get a hundred thousand dollars is like you need to name ten celebrities in thirty seconds. And I'm sitting there thinking, how does anybody not win a hundred thousand yeah. dollars every single time you play this? It's like freaking Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. It's not even difficult, people. I, I believe it, but I also do know that, like, people, when they're put on the spot, a super easy question can be really hard. Like, that famous um, Billy Eichner thing where he's like, name a woman, and no one could because he was screaming in their Wait, face. what? It's Billy on the street. He went up to a bunch of people and was like, name a woman, oh. name a woman, and the women wouldn't even think can to name you, themselves. Can you remind me to yeah. watch that after? I think <laughs> that might make me sad, though. It's it's not, I mean, again, that women didn't even think to name themselves. They just panicked because they were like, I don't know. You should be on, the, what's that show with the with the visual effects makeup? Oh, that, that, that'd be cool. Yeah, you would enjoy that. Yeah, I would. I and would. you cook now. 
Can you be on a Food Network show? Oh, maybe. Maybe the ones where they do, like, home cooks. Yeah. Although I always watch um, a lot of those shows, and I'm like, I have no idea what I would cook with that. Like, uh, Chopped, they give them the craziest is so things. good. Why do I like those shows when I don't understand? It's like I, it's almost like they're speaking a language that I can't understand, <laughs> but I still like it. That's just good storytelling. I guess so. I guess so. They have very compelling stories, I watched, each of the contestants. I didn't bring my headphones on a flight, and I watched Chop with the sound off just to kill oh, some time. Good. It was totally yeah. fine. I got everything. <laughs> it's Chopped and Cupcake Wars. Yes. Oh, I love They're it. They're very well edited. You they really don't need well the edited. sound. You, yeah. like, you get everything. Do you watch that Lego show? No. I, I was watching it a little bit the other day, and I'm very impressed by that. And Holy Moly. I want to be on Holy Moly. I don't know what that is. I it's, really don't watch much of It's a mini golf game, like a putting oh, game. That sounds very And it's, it's like extreme putting. All right. I, I think it's very good and a lot of fun a to watch. One. Well, I guess the makeup effects is in the vein. But. Yeah. Oh, is that what it's called? In the vein? No, 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 no. It's in the vein oh. of horror ish. Oh, oh, oh. oh. I thought, is that no, what it's called? No, but that's a good. But what is, I know, really. <laughs> what is it called, though? Because don't they have um, a thing at Halloween Horror Nights, too? They probably do. It's. You're going to say it, and I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. that's what it was called. Face Off. Face Off. Uh, that is, oh, yeah. that's what uh, it's called. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Well, speaking of Halloween Horror Nights, I'm just yeah. throwing in a random thing that I didn't give you the heads up on. But what do you think of uh, Jason Blum's comments that uh, you know a Halloween Horror Nights movie is a good idea? I'm so glad you did bring it up. I think it sounds really cool. I also think it sounds like a potential nightmare of like inbred self-promoting if they do it the wrong way. Um, but it could also be amazing. It could be that, yeah. but I also think it could maybe veer in the scream direction with being able to use a concept yeah. like that to be meta. That's what I mean. It could be amazing, yeah. or I, it could be like, look at all our properties. Yeah, and I almost prefer that they take the risk to try to give it that meta spin versus, let's say, stripping the brands from the mazes and trying to create a better Hellfest. Yeah, and we just, I, there were... There was Hellfest, and there was one that was very not... There was, like, another weird. fest. Blood, blood, blood fest? Blood fest? Blood fest. Blood fest. It might be blood fest, and I think Donato's a fan of that. Uh, that wasn't for me, personally. Okay. But Hellfest uh, or blood fest? Which fest are I we liked, talking about? I liked Hellfest. Okay. Blood fest was not for me so gotcha. much. But I just thought we just had, like, two of those in the same year or two years in a row. Yeah. And they need a, a, a spin to make it more interesting, I agree. I, I would definitely agree with that. And I, I think it's only a matter of time before Blumhouse announces that they're gonna do it it's like it could so the good version is it turns out like the lego movie right yeah or or scream is your mm -hmm. example but you know something where they embrace the franchising to tell an actively good story mm -hmm. as opposed to i felt personally that the uh, lego batman movie was more like look at all our stuff brand brand yeah brand. exactly <laughs> yeah no i get it i get that uh, but I, I i would like to see it yes um, before we move on to the news story that you alerted me to that we should yeah. be discussing, um, just a heads up, most of today's episode, now that we're done talking about game shows, is probably going to be about The Hunt. Oh, yeah. We are going to give you a non-spoiler review of The Hunt, then we are going to give you a spoiler review of The Hunt, and then we are going to try to explain the ending of The Hunt. So that is yeah. what is on tap, and don't worry, if you haven't seen the movie, you will get a gigantic spoiler warning so you know when to leave this video or audio file. Haley, mm -hmm. more cool news broke very recently. Yes. Do you want to tee this one up? Such fun news. Well, I like this two. news. There's Did two. I forget one already? <clears throat> well, they're they're together. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
who are, you know, sort of jumping back to the Universal Monster movies, and they have, Universal has teamed up with James Wan for a monster movie. That's pretty much all we know about that. Uh, super mysterious, but mm-hmm. the real, real exciting I one know. is Karen Kusama doing Dracula. Ah, ah, ah. Yes. It is about time she gets like a like a big high profile project. I agree. And it's about time they start working with the classic monster movies in such a thoughtful way. They are assembling like the ultimate yeah. team of directors to kind of usher this franchise forward and I love the idea that they're also doing that with unconnected stories yeah. for the time being. For the time being and they can do whatever they want and uh, you know, arguably the original monster universe was our first cinematic shared universe. Mm-hmm. There's a case to be made there. So I don't think it's out of the cards, but it grew into that, you know. I hope um, that if it does become a cinematic shared universe, the furthest that they push it is, you know, oh, the events of Invisible Man take place sure. in another part of the world of the events of this or that. Well, apparently via Easter eggs, Invisible Man is set in the same world as Upgrade, I think. Like, there's a hint that maybe Adrian created oh, the company. Because that piece is on Collider.com now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I meant to read through that, and I, I it slipped, slipped through yesterday. Um, but it's interesting, and that's, you know, Easter eggs are one thing, uh, an actual shared universe or a totally yeah. different um, brand. I just, it's it's so... Over overdue, you know, when mm-hmm. they were announcing the dark universe, everyone was like, but what if you made it horror? And um, they kept trying to be like, well, it'll be horror-tinged. Yeah, like, really. Obviously it horror-tinged wasn't. is not the same. Yeah, And they've, they've, you know, already started putting together this incredible arsenal of genre directors, which I think is what it really needs. Mm-hmm. And I know I brought it up last time, but also the wild card in there being Paul Feig. Mm-hmm. That's very exciting to me that... Uh, they're they're picking filmmakers with strong vision, and while most of them are are established genre directors, I do like that one wild card in there that says like, yeah, you don't know what you're gonna get necessarily. Yeah, well, it's sometimes you wind up finding filmmakers that that take a different route to get into horror. I mean, even when you look at what Lee Wanell's done, it's like he's embraced more of the action than anything, and it has served the horror of the stories too. So. You know, if everybody can find their their different way at it, we're going to end up with with a film franchise with some very unique uh, installments to it. And I really love Kusama for uh, for Dracula. I think so I had, much when Donato put together a list a year ago or something about who should direct what. I think I picked her for something else, but. Oh, I, I, I wanted her to do Bride of Frankenstein because okay. of this quote she gave that was like, basically, all my films are about do I want to be alive or yeah. not? And that's like Bride of Frankenstein to a mm-hmm. T. Um, but I hmm. think about, you know, obviously the invitation would be the one that comes the most to mind in terms of like how tone and visual style mm-hmm. could work because – we all know I'm obsessed with Jennifer's body, but that's not what I I'm looking Jennifer's for in a body. new Dracula necessarily. Yeah. Although if she does go that way, I'm here for it. But when I look at the invitation, I see like, oh, man, this Dracula could be scurry. Yeah. Huh. I guess I, I hadn't really thought about, you know, that idea, too, that a lot of her, her movies really do tap into that idea of, of do you want to live? Right. Now now that I'm applying that to her, I, her I, resume here, I can't stop thinking about it. Can't trade credit. Those are her words. Yeah. 
But the the cool thing, I think, about getting someone like her on a project like this is you're going to wind up filling the title roles with, with, like, the ultimate talent. I think there's a lot of people out there that really want to work with her. So if maybe somebody has hesitation with jumping into a brand like this, iconic source material like this, I think she's the one that could pull some unique people in that you might not expect. I could see that. And I also... um I, I think that if anyone was having like maybe doubts, the reaction to Elizabeth Moss's performance would go a long way because she's getting such acclaim so and it's good. being treated with such respect and yeah. not like a genre thing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Now she won't be getting any award nominations, but that's just how it is. You never know. Hey, actually, <laughs> this is terrible to say, but you never know because if nothing else comes out for the rest of the year, <laughs> maybe only the movies from January and February will be eligible. Uh, in that case, she's a strong, strong contender. <laughs> All things being equal, though, I would very comfortably place the wager that won't happen. I'll I'll bet on that, too. But just, just bear with me. Let's say it does. Maybe the the silver lining to this will be it will nudge the academy to want to change their restrictions going forward yeah. and and opens open their arms to streaming service original content even more I, I'm, I'm like a, desperately trying to find the bright side of all this no i know me too i'm i'm very interested generally speaking and i don't want to go off on too much of a detour mm-hmm. but like how this which has now been called a pandemic, mm-hmm. um, will change society in the long run because it will. And uh, I was reading an article in Time, I think, about how the the um, influenza pandemic changed how we operate as people. And how so? Uh, mostly hygiene. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, even if it it is just people washing their hands more, I think we're we're all going to be better off. It's a good thing. Okay. Uh, but also, you know, times were very different then compared to yeah. now we have to consider how does this change technologically, how we're interacting with things, because we can do so many things via technology that we couldn't do back then that can be changed culturally. Just the amount of people who are working from home right now is an yeah. example of that. See, that, that so if I can if I can put my mind down, you know, the path of months from now, if this does get more and more serious, it's like the, the silver lining was my my Oscar and my Elizabeth Moss Oscar example. And yeah. the negative side of it is what if this just makes us even more attached to our technology? We're already like mad yeah. at ourselves for walking around with our heads buried in front of our phones and on the computer nonstop. And now we're essentially reinforcing that. <laughs> I see that. My thing about that is there's no projected future that doesn't involve an EMP that I don't see as becoming more connected to our... I mean, there's this... I can send you this really terrifying, interesting article I read in the Harvard Business Review about AI growth over the next 10 years, and it's just like... It's happening, and it's projected to happen faster than we adopted the internet or cloud technologies or streaming technologies. It's going to happen super fast. It's already happening. So my... Long story short, my, my take on that is it's happening anyway, so... Whatever, stay so in home, the near don't future, get sick. Can I inject myself with nanotechnology like Bloodshot? Um, maybe. I haven't seen that movie, so I can neither confirm nor deny. For the record, I liked it. Yeah. I'm yeah. shocked, but I liked it. And apparently Vinny liked it, too. I was going to say, where did his review come yeah. in? Vinny and yeah. I tend to have the same I think taste. he gave it a C plus, which is, you know, it, it's a little under where I'm at. I, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Yeah. I, was, I was very impressed by certain elements of it, but... Okay. I liked it quite a bit, but you know what C I didn't? plus tracks. No, oh, yeah. You know what I didn't like it as much as? 
The Hunt. The Hunt. Which I've seen three times. Now, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that <laughs> to reinforce a thing that I love in a lot of the campier horror movies that I fall for. And it's the fact that this movie is highly rewatchable. Yeah. And it's so enjoyable because not that... Like, I didn't go into it saying, I'm going to watch this as many times as possible. And you know how it is. Like, with, with our work, sometimes you got to say, like, I can't go out tonight because I've already gone out and seen X amount of movies this week. And it wasn't my intentions to see it a third time, right. but I wanted to hang out with you and Darina. And I had absolutely no problem sitting through this movie again. I was happy to sit through it again. And I think that speaks a lot to the quality of the film. And clearly you made a good choice because we had a great time. We did have a great time. So <laughs> let's get into our review right now. I'm sure you know what this movie is at this point, but just in case, it's about a group of people who are kidnapped and they wake up in a field of sorts. They have no clue how they got there. And then they come to learn that they were placed there by a group who are now they're they're being hunted. They're hunting them. And it all started uh, through an online conspiracy that became true. So that is what The Hunt is about. After everything we've been through, I want to know what you think because I think that I am part of a very, very small group who had their first screening of The Hunt with only the knowledge of what they were advertising before. Yeah. And I think that's going to change the response a little bit from person to person. So what did you think? It's interesting that you say that because I already anticipated it not to be as kind of goofy as it is, but to be campy and funny based mm -hmm. on the first trailer. The, I don't know, the scene they had in the first trailer set in the gas station, that said campy and funny mm -hmm. to me. Um, a lot of what Betty Gilpin was doing said campy and funny to me. So I already had kind of, not to the extent that they're promoting it now yeah. as a horror comedy, but I had, I didn't expect it to be the most serious movie ever. I'm um, I'm on the other side of really? that. Yeah, because even after seeing it, I had to remind myself, and, you know, technically they have pulled that trailer off of the internet, but it still exists out there. The I internet. went back and I watched that first trailer, and not that I thought it was going to be super dark, but I thought it'd be closer in line with something like The Purge tonally. And then when I went back and I rewatched it after seeing the full feature for the first time, I really don't think that's a good representation of how heightened this horror comedy really is. I would agree with that. It's, it doesn't show mm -hmm. heightened is no. the word, yeah. for sure. Anyway, all that being said, I think it's fine. I <clears throat> enjoyed myself watching it. I wish it had more to say than it does. I think it has. it thinks it has more to say than it does. Mm -hmm. I think it thinks not taking a stance is a worthwhile stance, which is not. Um, it, other than the stance of like stop being dicks online, which is like duh, but yeah, um, I enjoyed it as a as a sort of you know B movie, hunting humans type horror comedy. Um, I didn't expect the gore to be as outlandish as it is. That really amused me. Um, I guess maybe that is part of the heightened element that I didn't pick up. Or, or how would you from the yeah, first yeah. trailer was that like. I would have thought the kills would be more in line with the later Purge films where they're really horrifying, yeah, yeah. but they're really quite ridiculous they're, and they're, funny. And they are yeah. horrifying at times, but mm -hmm. mostly ridiculous Most, Yeah, there's there's one kill in particular at the beginning that yeah. really sells. Uh, now, I'm just going to say this non-spoilery. In the first scene or on the field? It's kill, <laughs> kill number, oh, wait, all right. 
Let's sit. Let's save this for the spoiler okay, section enough. because we're. Gonna, I think I know what you're talking about. As, as part of the ending, explain part. I do want to go like count all the kills. Okay. So we'll we'll hold off on that. But there was okay. one very funny kill towards the beginning of yeah, the movie. I, I think will say. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, um. But I also just real quick, I do want to say it. Betty Gilpin. Betty freaking Gilpin. Betty Gilpin. Oh, a queen God. Of the universe. She is. Whatever level, I don't know what it's called. It's phenomenal. It's outrageous. Like, I don't, what, who, how did that I, I've happen? Got, I've got, I, I don't have the words to explain it. And I don't, that like, I'm even hesitant to say like, what did you just say? Like on a level, like I, I can't even compare it to other levels yeah. because she's in her own world. Right. She is doing something so uniquely her. And I think that is what makes her so exciting as a star moving forward. I know she's excellent in glow. She did so much with that role. If you have not seen her in glow, you are missing Amazing. out. Just to see her go from that to this and how well she commands the screen. She does so many things with her performance that I did get confirmation. Some of it that was really curious to me was not on the page. It was something she brought to the role. And I think throughout, from start to finish, you could see how she's taking those black and white words on a page and doing her own thing with them. And I think it serves the movie overall really well. And it just goes to show, like, a creative understanding that could make her involvement in any movie out there even better. Oh, my goodness. I said this after we saw it, and it's the word that just keeps coming back to me. The choices. Mm -hmm. She made choices. Choices. Big choices. (laughs) Weird, weird, capital weird choices. They always say in acting school, like, it's good to play a scene like you have a secret. But she plays it like... She has a secret you wouldn't even understand if she told it to you. I don't know. She's so next level. Yeah. In the in the spoiler section, we should count the kills, but also the get the Betty Gilpin. I just almost spoonerismed her name. The Getty Bilpin. Yes. Choices. So many choices. So, uh, yeah. And and that was the stuff that I found popping the most yeah. on subsequent viewings. After I saw it the first time and I sat down the next, I I love that feeling when you sit down for a movie and like you're excited for that scene. That's then you're excited for that scene that's coming. And so much of that for me was looking forward to just seeing her do her thing again. That's what I know that I will watch this movie a ton, even though I just kind of like it. Like I like it, but I'm not in love with it. And I think it's kind of goofy, but I will watch that over and over and over again to like, just not just enjoy her, but Mm -hmm. like, Try to channel that weirdness into my life. I want to be more like that. I'm curious if you wind up in the same boat as me and you wind up liking it more. Because I think I was kind of like in the same same zone as you after my first viewing. I'm like, you know, I really like that. Not sure if I loved it though, and I and I probably expressed the same thing that you said that I don't think it had enough to say. But then when I watched it again. And really, I mean, it does it does really boil down to, and I think this was their intention with the movie, it does boil down to don't behave in extremes, don't resort to violence, just listen to each other and look at what we can discover. We're all better off that way. I think that's what the gist of the movie is. But watching it again and again and seeing, like, the little moments built into that idea paired with just, like, the mechanics of creating Mannergate, mm. there are so many little things to discover all over the place and little bits of symbolism that keep making my experience with the movie richer and richer and richer every time I watch it. It's very possible. I It's hard for me to think of an example of something that would make me think it has anything more substantial 
um, than baseline what it is doing. But mm-hmm. I totally believe there are little nuggets of information because it is a film that is not particularly interested in answering your questions. And we can talk about this yeah. more in spoilers, but it is it doesn't ever really tell you what the fuck her deal is or, or like, why she's so weird like that. You know, it gives hints. It doesn't really answer some questions that it sets up in full. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it, it's comfortable being open-ended, so I'm sure there are little things that help bring those threads together. But I, I do feel like it's a movie that thinks it's smarter than it is. And it's also, see, not that offensive. That's the thing, though. Not that offensive. I don't even think it thinks that it's that smart. I don't think yeah. Damon Lindelof and Nick Hughes think it's that smart. And I don't, I don't even think they ever went into it with those intentions. I have this thing that Damon Lindelof said in the post-screening Q&A in my head. And someone in the audience had asked a question, because I think... I think Jason, I and um, my apologies if I'm misquoting anybody, sure. but I think the gist of the conversation was maybe Jason Blum or Damon Lindelof had called it populist entertainment. And Jason was trying to, you know, because sometimes you could hear something like that and say, oh, I'm going to brush that off. It's only surface level kind of stuff. And, and Jason Blum was trying to, you know, pump up the film a little more. And Damon Lindelof kept saying, you know. Like they give it, they're giving you this wild thing, this crazy, you know, bloody entertaining thing. And they're hoping that there's some vegetables on the plate. I still think, so I think that was their intention, but I still think that that visual is underselling what's really there. I think the story is meatier than that. I'm not saying it's something that's going to completely change your worldview and make you walk out of the movie with like a new outlook on life or anything super deep. But I do think it is more than just a little bit of vegetables with this product. That's fair. And I think that maybe what would be more accurate for me to say and ties back into what we were just saying is it's not as smart as the marketing team thought it was at first um, because they did pitch it as a more serious, like, thought-provoking yeah. film. Right, that's, that could be a fair criticism yeah. then. Um, but I do, I do enjoy it, and I do love a just all-around roasting and... I genuinely think if you're offended by this movie, you just want to be offended because it's it's like it's so mean to everyone and it I doesn't know. care. Everyone, it's like, don't take it personally unless unless I don't know. Maybe you're one of the people in that film you're directly represented. Then maybe self reflect. I don't know. I would just be surprised if there was anyone who sat down for this movie and didn't find one of the characters saying something that maybe they've repeated oh, in their sure. life. So, I feel like there is something for everybody to be like, oh, I'm kind of a fet. Oh, like I said it like that. Too. Huh, let me think about that. Like, There's something for everybody in that sense. Yeah, I guess. I guess. But I also don't think that like being told you're goofy as hell is really merits being super duper offended. Because um, everyone's goofy as hell. Of course. Like, it's just like a human condition. To be kind of a clown. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm thinking so I'm lost. I, no, no, no. So I'm saying, like, if you recognize yourself in something that oh. they say. Yeah, yeah. Take a little. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, uh, I think that's, that's what fine. it's all about. Yeah. yeah. But if you see yourself directly represented in one of the, let's say, not good people in this film in a way that's super specific. No. Maybe self-reflect. If you're just like, oh, I've said that. I do sound like an asshole. Yeah. That's something else. If you're a. I don't want to spoil the movie. If you're doing okay. other things that okay, are... Okay, okay. I, I know what you're getting yeah. at now. Um, 
Is there anything else we want to say before we... What I'm saying is if you're hunting humans, (laughs) (laughs) maybe self-reflect. I'll add that I think all the set pieces were incredibly well orchestrated. I think they're well shot. I think the gore effects are spot on across the board. I love the costume design choices. I think that enhances the characters and... I'm trying to think of anything else non-spoiler I want to like blurt out before we we leave people who haven't seen the movie. I feel um, I guess I'll just harp back on the Betty Gilpin thing and throw a little credit to um, the director Craig Zobel and the editing team in giving that performance. Did you just say Zobel? Zobel? I keep saying Craig Zobel. Oh, maybe it is. I I don't. I've never met him. Okay. Um. But I've never met him. I, I've met him, but he's never like said, hello, right. I'm Craig. It Craig. could be Zobel. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'll look it up. But Aww. just the credit to him and the, the editing team for giving that performance time to breathe in a way that other movies wouldn't have. Yeah. Taking the extra two beats to put a reaction shot in, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, two more thumbs up I want to give. One to Hilary Swank. And another to the production design, because there's a couple sets here where there are so many curious little details that I thought were very well thought out. This will be an interesting one to see if and if they do what they do with the Halloween Horror Nights maze. I'm very curious. I I feel like you can't have that as a maze, can He said it. He said it, because that's how I led into the question. (laughs) I said... Do you think yeah. the hunt can be a Halloween Horror Nights maze? And both him and he was paired with uh, Jason Blum and he was paired with Ike Barinholtz. They were both like, yeah, let's do it. Wow. Interesting. They're, they could figure it out. I'm sure they can. I guarantee you the uh, the gas house set. Yeah. Could be something. like definitely could be. Which is that like there's no masks like the purge, right? So that makes it trickier. Your mom, pa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. You can do that. Yeah. And we see they do it with Stranger Things, but um, I don't. It's interesting. It's interesting, and it's just it's a you know security was so high on the screening itself. I, yeah. I would imagine that the logistics of doing an in person event like that that's would fair be quite compelling and complicated. Yeah, it, it's definitely more complicated than other mazes that yeah. they've put on. But knowing them, I, I think they could pull it off. Yeah. Um, so that's it for the non. Spoiler portion of our conversation. I'm so eager to jump into spoilers on this one. So let's do it. Goodbye to everybody who has not seen the movie. And come back when you have because this is going to be an interesting discussion we're going to have here. So I feel like we should just jump into the ending explain thing. Oh, really? Can I just do it? I I suppose. I've been thinking about one bit a lot. Sure. So saw the movie once and, uh, you know, sat with it. And I was mostly just thinking about it on a surface level type of thing, how I felt about it and if I enjoyed it or not. Second time, I was paying attention to more details, and I walked out of the screening with someone who happened to notice, you remember when uh, Crystal goes into Athena's house at the end and there's pictures on the wall? Mm -hmm. There's 11 pictures, not 12. And earlier on in the movie, they said that there were 12 players. So I got into a conversation with this other individual because I don't think you could see all the pictures clearly. And they were saying that maybe that is, you know, like a thing purposely left open for the sake of maybe a sequel coming down the line. There was a 12th mystery player, but I was hmm. trying to do the math, and I also have some some added context that I could bring to that conversation. So to begin with that, let's do a little play-by-play and count everybody mm-hmm. who died slash didn't die. All right. So the first one is the guy in the airplane. Which I'm assuming is not the kill you were talking about, but is the other no, one no. I was thinking is I'll, pretty fun. I'll, I'll tell you when we get to that one. Then it was Emma Roberts. 
then it was the guy with two guns in his hand oh, running yeah, I crazy. Him. Yes. I yeah. I had forgotten about him <laughs> when I was having this conversation that I'm referencing now. Then after that, this is my favorite kill when the girl falls into yeah. the, the pit and then she goes back in the pit. I knew that had to so be. So yeah. she went and then so did what's his face from This Is Us. Yes. They went together. <laughs> did you hear at the, the screening? The people behind us uh, go, oh, so soon oh, when he yeah, died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a lot of people's reactions for a couple yeah. of them. I thought it was very clever and well done. Then it was the guy who got shot with the arrows. Mm-hmm. Then it was Ike and the two other people in the gas station. Yeah. So now we have this many. <laughs> this is nine. That's nine yeah. <laughs> then after that, it was Gary. Okay. So now we only have two left. Which are Don and Crystal. So all 12 players are present and accounted for. The missing picture on the wall is Don's picture because they have the conversation over the the island. And Athena knew that when Crystal walked into the house, she would be smart enough to know that Don's picture was on the wall. And she would know that Athena was bullshitting her. And she wanted to work with her. Yeah. It's all about those mind games. But it's like... But like yeah. when I got caught up in this conversation, I'm like, maybe Orwell's picture was supposed to be on the wall. Orwell. I was just like, poor Orwell. So uh, yeah, twelve of them. Yeah, that tracks. That yeah. makes sense. Um, I I mean, if it does well, I could see there being a sequel. But it definitely like, it's not. I don't. I wouldn't have suspected they were having a secret stored up for a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just to for you know clarity's sake, somebody part of the film. Like, I asked him that question, and he told me it was supposed to be Don's picture, and it was purposely pulled okay. off the wall by Athena's plan. So that is a that's confirmed. That is what it was supposed to be. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Fun fact. Gotta love those spoiler interviews to, to get your mind at rest. Huh? This is a party conversation, actually. <laughs> oh, but I thought you said you... Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. At, at a oh, I party. Do, I do have a full spoiler interview yeah. with Betty Gilpin and Damon Lindelof going up, and they, they told me some cool stuff, too. Like, you know what else they told me? What? You know how uh, we were just talking about Betty Gilpin's performance and the choices she made? I was wondering if the conversation she has with Sergeant Dale in the bunker, if it was her choice to, you know, uh, not with words, express a certain part of that conversation. And it was. It was her choice. It wasn't written on the page that way. I'm a little. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. So, so good. I thought about that. So good. Like an intense amount for the first 24 hours after I saw that film. she, she, like uh, Athena says at the end, like, she's crazy. And she knows she's crazy. That's. That's what I think that was trying to say. Did she? Did they say what it originally said in the script by any chance? I'm curious. That would have been like great, what she, how she changed it into that, which is pure brilliance. That would have been a great follow up question. We'll get her. I in wish here for I, a I wish I had phrased it that way now. But what do you think was was in there? Like if you were to put words, I don't in that I, spot. I mean, I'm not. As good a writer as Damon Lindelof, so he would have come up with something better. But I mean, like, crazy is the word, right? Like, that's what she's expressing. Or uh, I was thinking it was crazy, or maybe even bloodthirsty, because when she says, uh, "I worked in a car dealership and I can't really there's mm, nowhere there, to put that. but like we're here now and I can't yeah. mm, while I'm here," so I thought maybe it was a drive to kill. That could be it. That could be it. And she is a, um, you know, she says she served, and certainly like killing people in combat is known to change mm. not that i'm saying that serving makes you bloodthirsty uh, but definitely it would not be out of line to say that once people have killed in combat they struggle with that mm. afterwards um i 
I don't know. I I would love. I hope they release the script. I would love to read it and see oh what God, she brought. I'd love to read it. Um, I just she's so so incredible, so incredible. I'm so in love and obsessed and just want to be here so bad. And oh my God, my favorite like. I just, all I needed in life was, like, the amount of times she said, you fucked up, bitch. Like, doesn't she say it to the <laughs> lady so, and at the end she says, you fucked up to Athena. So in the many, do we want to list off our favorite uh, <laughs> sure, Betty Goldman sure. moments? Because I think the very first one, and it, it it's so satisfying, is when she buys cigarettes thinking she's in Arkansas and she knows the price the cigarette yeah. should be and they cost more. So she's, I think she goes, you dumb fucked up. And just boom, bitch. boom. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so good. Um, and as someone who, like, feels ashamed of how much of a fan of the word bitch I can be in that kind of context, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> there was that. And there was the part in the, the bunker where she just, like, appears crouched on the, stale, on the stairs and she goes, hey, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was, like, the delivery of that line paired with her body language where she's just, like, almost like a spider on the wall oh, or something. She's so good. And the, the, the moments I was kind of talking about where they give her two extra beats to breathe in that performance are all her reaction shards. Mm-hmm. Char- Oh, no. <laughs> that character would wait, wait, never. Wait. I can I can jump in that boat with you right now. Do you know what I've gotten into the habit of writing? I don't know why. Uh-oh. Instead of bloodshot, I keep writing bloodshot. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> like, I do not know where that came from. But just I accidentally type that every single time. What the fuck? Uh, just the fingers do what they do. Captain American is mine. It's not as insidious. Interesting. Ins- insidious inside out. They're right. so close. The brain makes weird shortcuts sometimes. <laughs> shortcuts. <laughs> but those reaction shots, like when she sees those three bodies with Ike and the other two, and she just like mugs it at the camera. Yeah. Obsessed. It's like having a moment right here. I know. Now I'm spitzing. She does it a few other times, too, yeah. where she legit mugs to the camera. No, and it's does. so weird. And... That jackrabbit box turtle speech, oh, sh- it shouldn't God. work. It shouldn't work. That should suck the energy out of this movie in a flash, yeah. and you can't take your damn eyes off it's of her. Incredible. And also, I want to give her performance credit there, but also Craig Zobel and whoever their editor was, which I will look up that person's name in a minute, because the cuts to Don... Oh, Perfect, yeah. perfectly timed, and I think that the combination of all of that working together is what makes that particular moment excel. It's so good. I I said this to you guys at the party, but like I feel like that's a monologue that actresses are going to want to use for auditions, but yes. it's one you never should because it's already perfectly done. Like you can't top that delivery. Talk about choices. She made like forty-seven choices in the delivery of that one monologue. Yeah, I would like to chart them. <laughs> <laughs> just keep hearing shard everywhere. No, no. <laughs> um, a breath. Jane Rizzo is the editor of okay. The Hunt. Nice. So bravo, well done, Jane Rizzo. Also edited uh, Craig Zobel's other films, Compliance and Z for Zachariah, in addition to Leave No Trace, which is excellent. Nice. Compliance um, is not a joke. That movie. I can't. I can't believe how much I'm quoting this movie, too. Because as I just said, Don, all I keep thinking of is, like, hunted like Don. (laughs) And, like, what was he eating in that scene? What were those big red things? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. But even, like, that actor. Like, it sounds like such a simple detail. But that actor and the way he was just, like, shoveling those in his mouth. 
Oh, that's another moment of Betty Gilpin's genius when she asks him for a cigarette. And like, if you've ever been a smoker who really wants a cigarette and just woke up in the worst stressful situation of your entire fucking mm-hmm. life, the need in her when she says, can I have one of those? Yeah. is so real. Huh. Uh, she's just incredible. There's so, I'm, I'm surprised how excited I am about this. <laughs> like I thought I would be, I thought I, I would like it well enough because it did seem like it was right up my alley and I have a certain amount of trust in Blumhouse. But the more I talk about it, the more excited I get about it. And I think that one thing that played a lot better for me the second time around, because I thought one of the weaker points was the conspiracy theory thing, because we really only get two scenes that, that beef that up for you a little bit. So I didn't find it as satisfying the first time around. But really, that was all you need. You needed. Mm-hmm. Like when I watched it again, like that was that was just a, the right amount of information. They sell the point well enough and they give you just enough to work with to believe that this group of individuals could have put together the hunt just that way. Yeah. I was very, I, I was very impressed by how that wound up working for me. It, it's a, uh, it, it was plenty. You got the whole thing. I have to say when they included it in the trailer, I was like, what, what is yeah. this? I don't know what this means. Um, it plays much better in the film. Yeah. I was genuinely confused by it in the trailer. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I think they needed those scenes in the films, in the film, not just for the sake of explaining how these people put this operation together, but also because of, you know, one of the movie's strongest qualities, the fact that, you know, it holds everybody accountable. Right. Like you needed their side of it too and what they went through in order for it to all be spread around and for, for the main meaning of the movie to get across as well as it did. I definitely think like the leap from I'm being bullied online to I'm going to hunt people is, is, a, ex- is a little extreme. No, that's a huge jump. Yeah. That's a huge jump that I think would have been disastrous had this not been a horror comedy. Totally. I made the leap with it because of that and – Pretty much for no other reason. The tone carries it because otherwise it's just too even. Goofy. Even though I will say I felt their loss a little more. Like I started to pay attention to that. You know, if if we're talking about a group of like like super wealthy individuals who have never known need in their life, and all of a sudden like these online trolls have taken away all their money, and now they're pissed about it, and they yeah. want payback. You know, there's enough pointing them in that direction that with the comedy element, I was able to buy it. Yes. It it's it it just sells for me. And also just. all those people suck. <laughs> they all just suck in this movie. Well, yeah, that's the uh, appropriately so. Do you ever uh I don't think you use Reddit, right? Not really. There's a very popular one called Am I the asshole? And um, huh. there are different ratings you can give, like YTA is you're the asshole, and TA oh, wow. is not the asshole, and there's one that's ESH, which is everyone sucks here. Okay. Everyone sucks here. <laughs> like, all the characters are assholes. Can we put this on, on my list on the of reminder things list? To, to look up after? Yeah. That's, that's a, a very clever Reddit thread. It's very like engaging and interesting. Yeah. And it's also like if you can go on, like if you truly are stressed and need advice about something, it's totally. probably a good place to, to go and, and vent and get some feedback, yeah. honest feedback. No, you get honest feedback, that's yeah. for sure. You know, one thing uh, about the movie that I'm noticing that's interesting is I think a lot of the IMDb names are wrong. Oh, that's <laughs> or they're, they're very different weird. at least. Like I, I've seen different... I've heard different names in the movie. I've seen different names on IMDb, and I've seen different names in the press notes. Huh. It's like, uh, well, Crystal and Athena, obviously, are who they are. 
I believe Ike Barinholtz's character is named Staten Island. And then in my interview, they told me that they only they almost called him Handlebar because he was supposed to have a Handlebar mustache, and that changed. I believe um, Emma Roberts is, is Yoga Pants. That tracks. I had read that um, Sturgill Simpson's character was Kid Rock, but on IMDb it says Vanilla Nice. Yes, it does. Uh, interesting. I also read the Kid Rock thing. I, these are, names are hilarious. Yeah. Don with three question marks. <laughs> I like that. Shut the fuck Shut up, up, Gary. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Another excellent line delivery from Betty Gilpin. Target is a good one for Christopher Barry's character, very considering fun. the way he goes. Uh, they're very cheeky. Big red. Very cheeky. I Okay. I see a lot of the tone of the film in these names. Yeah. there There's a... There's a good deal of that. That's very. <laughs> Wait, how how would you even pronounce Macon Blair's name? I'm trying to say I it. I don't even see it on my list. I don't know. He's he's further down. If you okay. if you uh you know if you extend the, the list, yeah yeah that thing. Megan. Envoy. It's supposed to be Envoy, on, right? Fonvoy. Fonvoy? I mean, that's foe. That's yeah, F-A-U-X. no, I know what it is. I'm just trying Fon to think voy. about how the two Fon things voy. pair together, and I can't I can't quite I figure it, it out. I think it works better on the um, page than when you try to say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see the flight attendant? It says, flight attendant, not <laughs> stewardess, Kelly. <laughs> By the way, who who is this? I've never... Uh, Hannah Aline? She was very good, too. Yeah, she was good. It, it, it's a lot of... Uh, a lot of very, very memorable small roles in this movie. Yeah. Where everybody kind of does what they need to do very well. I, I do <laughs> I do wonder what gets the interest from all the like bigger names who die in like two minutes. Like what makes them want to do that? Because we know Blumhouse doesn't do a lot of money. Wait, 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 say that again. What gets the interest from the bigger names who die in the first few minutes? Like it's it's an interesting thing on why they would sign up for it. I think it's friends. I, a- I asked them what the pitch was like to Emma Roberts. Like, you're going to be in this movie. We're going to pretend you're the lead, and then we're going to have your head explode. And um, I believe Damon Lindelof said she's friendly with Jason Blum and ah. was called in for that reason. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think that that probably is what it is. And I think they probably, I, if I were in their shoes, I would get the, a kick out of the idea of what they were trying to accomplish by putting me in that role. Yeah, that's fine. It's like one of. Blum's secret weapons is calling in on friendships. Isn't that how he got Ethan Hawke for the first Purge was because they were buddies? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah smart. But they, smart stuff. They've got a good network there That's that ser- sure. serves them well. You just have to look at how many uh, people you know by name who die within the first 10 minutes yeah, and really. you know they have a good network. Another thing that I thought added a very effective layer to the movie was that the, the folks orchestrating Mannergate, they weren't just in it to outright kill everybody, they were holding back in an effort to make sure that their lesson sunk in first. Yeah. And that added a nice wrinkle in quite a few scenes. It does feel very uh, appropriately self-righteous. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. It just, it really does. You know, in a in a movie that kind of just, you know, is what it is and it plops that on your lap, there are a number of, of thoughtful things that add more layers to the whole thing. Um, I do want to give a shout out to like Hilary Swank and yes. the fight choreography in that final scene. Oh my, it's so good! Quite a throwdown. It's so good, and that, she's so good at sneering. 
She is very good at sneering, and she's very good at grilled cheese making. Yes, she I'm makes it look so elegant. To try to make grilled cheese with Gruyere now. I, it's delicious. Um, Can't go wrong. Didn't we say this? Any cheese is good in a grilled cheese. Well, it might have been me and Dorino. Right. Like, what There's is no bad cheese? What's your cheese of choice in a grilled cheese? Whatever's Actually, give fridge. me all the ingredients. Oh, whatever's in the fridge. Wow. Yeah. All right. I all mean, right. I don't. I, it's cheese, man. Put it in there. But if you <laughs> have your it. choice. Put it on bread. Like if you opened that fridge and the magic ingredients were in there, what would they be? If you're running down the aisles on supermarket sweet, what kind of <laughs> cheese and what kind of bread are you buying? Well, it depends on the mood. So like it's not real food, but there is a place for a classic white bread and American cheese. Yes. That, yes. that hits Always. a spot that cannot be duplicated. That it does. On the fancier side, I agree Gruyere is quite lovely. Okay. I'm also a big fan um, – my gosh, what's it called? No, no, I love it so much. Um, they used to sell a dill version of this cheese at Trader Joe's. You're asking the wrong person. I love dill. <laughs> I would put that cheese. I've put that in a lot of grilled cheese. Okay. I went through a phase in it when I was at NYU, and if anyone's seen the movie Big Daddy, they know Cozy Soup and Burger is the place that Adam Sandler's character orders in from all the time. It's also right around the corner from NYU. So every freaking day for lunch, for something like two years, I would sit at that counter by myself and I would get uh, mozzarella grilled cheese on whole wheat bread right. with a pickle. Sounds good. Done. That's the magic plate right there. It's Havarti, by the way. Ah, okay. Havarti. Is I know that cheese. Excellent. It's a little softer. Really lovely. All right. Um, <laughs> I will say another detail I absolutely loved was her snarfing that sandwich down. Oh my after god! The fight. Because who wouldn't do that? And it's so satisfying. See, she was in in that last bit. She was speaking to my grilled cheese loving <laughs> prosecco loving heart. Even though, like that. That champagne was so fine, I probably wouldn't have even liked it. That's That was another great small bit, was catching yeah. the champagne in the middle of the fight. Oh, my God. Well executed. So great bit. That was great. That moment where they're like, let's rest for a second. Yeah, I like that. Also, when she goes, no more glass. <laughs> that was good. I like that a lot, too. Yeah. And that part where she's got the shotgun and she's, like, pinching Ooh. her arm skin, that was, that was a rough one. That made me cringe. Yeah. It's no uh, arm out the door in green room, but it gets the it job really done. It really still freaks me out that, like, when you pinch your elbow skin, you can't feel it. Well, it's probably been the best. Elbows it take a it, lot of beatings. It messes with my head, though. I it's can creepy. Feel it. No, you can't. Yes, I totally but can. Squeeze that. Yeah, I can feel that. No, you can't. Hundred percent can. Yes. It's not the it same. It doesn't hurt, but yes, I can feel it. You bend your arm like this. No. And and squeeze really yeah, I can freaking feel hard, that, Perry. You can feel a little bit, but you don't feel any like pain sensation. A little, no. maybe you just have like low count of nerve endings in I your elbows. Know. No, you do, you don't feel anything. I no. totally do. This is great. Maybe with- I pinch harder than you. That's that's possible. <laughs> this is great listening material for anybody who is listening to us in uh, audio pin, form right now. Put your arm you know in what? A, in a everybody pose, pinch your elbow, sit there and pinch your yeah. It. And then put in the comment section below: Did you feel that pinch or did you not? And also, what kind of cheese do you like on your grilled cheese? Absolutely. <laughs> Again, the correct answer is all of them. Oh, I just touched my face. Oh, it's I. Well, I intentionally deep sanitized this whole thing before I came in because oh, I knew I would be damn. Watching. Someone um, 
should also go through this whole video and count how oh, I was watching. Don't. I was watching a thing that the Today Show did where they sat a reporter in front of a computer for an hour and like she she was mindful about it. It was on her head and they just counted how many times she touched her face and it was so much. And I feel like I'm at a disadvantage because I'm an allergic person. <laughs> it's not fair. I uh, I definitely. Even I am that person. Mindfully, I'm like, don't touch your face, don't touch your face until someone walks by. And I'm like, oh, I'm resting my face on my yes. whole hand. I know. Gross. I but wash them a lot. I'm working from home a lot, so it's good. And lots of desanitizing. It's pretty, it's or pretty, sanitizing. pretty chill and common here. Yeah. So I think I'm safe in the office. There's not a lot of people here. That's correct. Yeah. It, it <laughs> it's... I just said it's like, good. It's it's good that people are staying home during this yeah, time. Yeah, no, it is. It's and very, I'll, I'll be going directly <laughs> home after this yeah, as well. Yeah, I'll just I'll just be sitting, standing at my standing, standing desk. At your standing Started desk. standing at my standing desk again, which is nice. That's good. I know it feels good. <laughs> you feel empowered. <laughs> yeah, no, I really do. <laughs> I guess that's it. I guess so. I feel like um, have we missed any any hunt things? I don't think so. I I do feel like maybe. I haven't emphasized enough how incredible Betty Gilpin is. Oh, yeah. Just you didn't case. talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> that should have probably been like 30 minutes of the episode, though, I, if I'm being honest. I really just want to sign up for every single Betty Gilpin movie now. Um, Dorina said something like, made a joke like, uh, sexier than Kurt Russell or something. And yes. I was like, well, tone it down. But it did make me think that the the key to remaking any Kurt Russell movie yes. is to cast Betty yes. Gilpin in that role. I really could see that yeah. being a reasonable course of action in oh, so all good. of his movies. I know, right? <laughs> and I'm totally, Put her in Overboard. I'm totally fine with this. I'm just busy looking up what, what Betty Gilpin is working on next. She's in American Crime Story. Oh, well... Oh, maybe I'll try to get back into that. I know people really love that. I heard that um, season two was even better, but I just, I can't, it's not for me. It's not for me. There's a movie called, oh, a Chris McKay movie called The Tomorrow War that comes out later oh, yeah. this year. Hey, I hadn't been thinking about Tomorrow. that. Is that a remake? No. No, are you thinking of the Australian movie? Yes. I think about that movie a lot. Yeah. I like that movie. I like it too. I What's read it the called books again? too. They were The good. Tomorrow I have to Google that. Yesterday was tomorrow. It's like some the, sort of the tomorrow after yesterday. Yeah, it was some, some sort of play on words like that. Tomorrow when the war began. Yes, that's it. That's it. Tomorrow so, when the war began. Fair Would enough. I like those books? Uh, probably they're like YA survival books. Sounds you know, pretty up your alley. You know what I'm I'm listening to right now? I just started it the other day. The the Grady Hendrix book Horror Store. Like the play oh, on yeah, Ikea. Yeah, yeah. It's good. I don't know if that's one you want to listen to, though. Or maybe. Why? Because I heard that part of the book is in the design of the book. It's made to look like an Ikea catalog. Oh, really? Yeah. I should probably pick up a hard copy. They're, yeah. doing, they're doing some qualities of that, though, in the in the audio version, where when they get to uh, like more advertising parts of it, where they're uh-huh. like advertising a, proje- uh, a product, there's a chime and the voice changes. So, I mean, they're probably trying to bring that effect it to the, the audio element. Makes sense. But I should, I would love to pick it up just to yeah, see. flip through it yeah. as to see the yeah, visual my element. Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do you I make me pinch my elbows? I'm pinching my elbows. <laughs> pinched them so hard. <laughs> I guess I do feel it. All right. <laughs> Confirmed should. there are nerve endings in your elbows. We should go now. <laughs> All right, Haley, where can everyone find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Haley Fouch. You can find me on Letterboxd at Haley Fouch. You can find me on Instagram at Haystack McGroovy. And I'm at P. Nemiroff on Twitter and Instagram. I need to sign off before I have problems. Don't right pinch now. your elbows, guys. <laughs> it was a terrible suggestion. <laughs>
was going to make a shark joke. Don't do it. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. You have officially survived the witching hour. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.